Good morning. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here to talk about energy markets. To learn more about us, you can check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our podcasts and our blog. We would like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. Check out their newsletters, podcasts, and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer to or endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is June 10th. And Andy, we've had a, from a chaotic week back in April, in which we saw negative prices. Uh, we saw negative strike prices trade. We saw the U.S. oil ETF roll out of June. And now we've touched $40 oil. What happened? Well, I think the real question, Jim, is, is what didn't happen? Uh, it's been a remarkable, it's been a r- remarkable couple of months in, in the oil markets. And, you know, I guess the only thing we're missing really is a uh, big geopolitical upset. But you know what, Jim? We still have six months to go yeah. in, uh, in 2020, which uh, may be proving the most eventful year. We've had maybe since, I don't know, 1968, something, something like that. But in any event, in the, um, you know, certainly when, when we did our last podcast, the market was, in, as, as you mentioned, was in disarray. We were still in the midst of, of a price war, worried about, um, we're still worried about COVID. And uh, we were uh, at that time in the, in the middle of what, IEA Executive Director Birrell has called Black April, and you know the the market reflect the markets reflected that we had big contangos. Uh, we went we went negative. Brent went to multi multi year low. So what happened since then? And uh, certainly on on the supply side, OPEC and, and OPEC Plus did did get their act together. The Saudis and the Russians did, did get their act together. And not only did they get their act together, but uh, they, they've cut production. The, their number was 9.7, and they probably got close to 8.788, maybe even 9 million barrels a day of cut, which uh, the market was um, actually pretty cynical that, that they'd be able to get, you know, get those numbers to uh, anywhere close to the 9.7. And then we had big production cuts from uh, non-OPEC producers, the U.S. and Canada leading the way. So um, as, as a result on the supply side, massive cuts in May and into, uh, and into June. And certainly on the demand side, as the lockdown ended globally or um, you, you're moving into phase one, phase two, red, yellow, green, whatever you want to use, obviously demand improved. And as a result, the, the massive stock builds have abated. Uh, and, and the market rallied into that. 
I think that what's surprising, at least to me, was, and I'm, I'm sure to many other uh, analysts and traders who, who may, you know, may now say, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I think what was surprising was the rapidity of the rally, Jim. You know, I, I think many of us were probably bullish for third or fourth quarter. You know, I know right. I was thinking, okay, maybe this, maybe WTI can get into the 40s sometime in the fourth quarter. And here we are, you know, one month later and, or, you know, weeks later, and we're up to uh, $40. I know, I know we're going to get into the uh, EIA's uh, short-term energy outlook that came out yesterday, but one of their comments in that report was that um, they, they uh, expect June inventories to draw by 1.9 million a day, and a month ago, uh, they had June as building 1.6 million barrels a day. So they, they kind of thought the draws would come in, in uh, starting in July, and uh, now they're pushing it up to June. So I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. And, you know, one of the things we, we picked up on our uh, blog was that the, um, the spread option guys were liquidating puts. So you could see large volumes of trades going through and open interest going down on the puts. And then you saw some um, calls. Buy, this, would, this would be buying there was actually, uh, I think, I can't remember where, plus 25 call strips going. So people were actually not only saying, you know, the the uh, the worst is over, but they're saying there's a chance we go backward dated in June, July. And, and I guess uh, we did for a little while, right? Right. Yeah. It snuck into uh, backwardation, uh, which, which is a whole, a whole nother story to, to itself. You know, the other thing, that we saw was just a tremendous amount of speculative buying. You know, you look at the um, commitment of traders and uh, the, the net length has just exploded in the last eight weeks. It, it's, over, it's up over uh, 200,000 200, lots of uh, new, new net length on the, on, the money mac, on the money manager side. So, you know, the, the, you know, the specs were... I guess the specs are catching it, you know, yeah. maybe not so much all the, uh, you know, all the Wall Street analysts, they, they might have not, might not have been we've, we've built two, 240,000 of net length in the last eight weeks, uh, as apparent as, um, you know, according to the commitment of traders. So, um, you know, they, they've been on board for, the, for this rally. Yeah, it's interesting. We we did have a couple of our oil guy friends that were, you know, their barrel counters, and they picked up on the rapidity of the uh, cutback in the uh, Cushing, uh, not Cushing area, in the in the, uh, the uh, all of, all the areas of the U.S. production declining. Like they were getting, maybe it was anecdotal, but they were they were catching that you know this stuff. Uh, uh, production is declining faster than anyone thought, and. Um, you know, p- part of that wasn't wasn't by choice. They just had nowhere to put it. You know, right? So, you know, in OPEC too, they they they, they look like oh, they're doing a great job uh, cutting back, but they there was no demand out there to put barrels. So it was probably one of their easier calls to to uh, cut back more. And um, you know, the getting back to that EIA report, they have inventories drawing two and a half million per day from June to the end of 2021. And we're, we're going to get into the difficulty of, of forecasting these numbers in this kind of environment. 
but that's kind of a that's kind of a bullish look to me. I mean, that's you know that to me says that we, yes, we this some of this is built into the market, but there, there's a lot more to go. Should that unfold the way they think it might? Yeah, I I, I think they're you know they're they're saying two and a half million barrels a day from now until the end of 2021, which is. Yeah, I don't know about right, that, right. Jim. Yeah, you know, they just take a number. Uh, you know, it's sort of like just just pick a number. But uh, our own numbers, you know, we're. I I, I think June is going to be like balanced to a slight draw, and then I think third quarter, you know, we're we're probably going to see close to two million barrels a day draw. But I think, but you're dealing with uh, some you know, on both sides, uh, uh, both the supply and the demand side, it's really difficult to forecast. You know, the supply, which is usually a little bit easier, you know, we've got a lot of moving parts on, on OPEC side. We know that um, Kuwait, the UAE, and uh, Saudi are going to increase production in July. Libya, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and uh, Iraq, Nigeria. Uh, they're they're promising that they're going to cut back. Iraq was given a, a almost a, a very tough task, and I doubt they'll ever comply a hundred percent because they're they're a hundred they're four five to six hundred thousand barrels a day uh, away from that. Uh, Russia's going to increase production. They're, you know, from the non-OPEC side, Russia's going to increase production, no doubt. Right. Uh, in in um, you know in, in beginning in August. And, um, you know, so, so those numbers are going to be difficult to forecast. The U.S. numbers are, you know, proving to be very difficult to forecast, you know, as, as are the, uh, you know, Canada's, Canada is probably going to, is definitely going to increase uh, production. I, I, don't, I, I think they're already on, on the way to increasing production. Yeah, they're all, uh, th- these are moving targets and lots of moving parts, and it's very, very hard to, uh, you know, get up you you use a big standard deviation around that uh any number that you put out and and um you know it's just something some a number to to work off of it's almost like uh what some of these guys call scenarios here's here's the scenario we're working with and and we don't we know it's not going to be right but we have to work with something so right and i yeah. think that's what the eia did with the two and a half million i, I know that's what i'm you know i'm doing with this, with my balances you know they go they, they change all the time yeah, so I, you know, I was looking at the EIA numbers um, yesterday, and um, they they have a piece they call uh, like the f- notable forecast uh, changes from the previous month, and um, they use uh, GDP estimates from um, IHS market, and so for the U.S. they were looking at for the year uh, a decline of seven point four percent in GDP, and that was uh, minus two from the may forecast so that's so they're looking so that gdp forecast went went down and i'm pretty sure it doesn't include you know friday's non-farm payroll and, and you know last week's uh, unemployment data which if you look at just the sort of the mathematical models no, no judgment calls that the fed the atlanta fed new york fed use um, that would be it they increased their estimates for q2 by five to 10 GDP point, the full points, you know? So, so already the numbers they're using could be, you know, if you gave them, if they use an updated GDP forecast, maybe they're even 
more bullish than, you know, maybe, maybe more of a draw it would be their numbers. But anyway, it, again, is what, what you said. It's uh, very, very difficult. It's, these are right. And oh. I was just, you know, I, I was talking about the supply side, you know, the demand side, talk about, you know, trying to come up with a, with, you know, what you, you can only come up with what you think, you know, use your best estimate, best estimates. Uh, like you said, you know, you're looking at five to 10 GDP points. You know, that, that's huge, Jim. Yeah, there were, so, yes. you know, that, that's half, that's, uh, let's see, that's, a, you know, a million, a million and a half barrels a day, maybe more, you know, swing. on, on yeah. the demand side, yeah, on a, on a swing. So, um, you know, I, I think you could, I think you could look at some of the, uh, what the markets are telling you and um, certainly, you know, demand has improved dramatically from, from April. That's obvious. Uh, but, you know, you know, margins are really not that good. And uh, in fact, they're pretty poor uh, because this rally in crude has, has been so swift. Products have not, have not kept up with it mm -hmm. by, by any means. You know, that we've, we're seeing, um, you know, the, the margins are getting a little bit better in the last week or two, maybe in the last week, but uh, they're still well below uh, where they were for like a year average or even over the last 15-day you know, day average. They're, they're poor. Yeah, I was going to ask you where you want to go next, but having brought up margins, um, can you talk about specifically what's been going on with distillate? I mean, it looks like we're building stocks. That distillate was the, the one that was uh, going to perform well, and it looks like uh, oh, we're making, making a lot. So ironic. I mean, we were talking about, we were talking about IMO 2020, you know, yeah. the big, as, that what? was going to be the big event <laughs> yeah. of uh, 2020 for uh, diesel, you know, yeah. IMO 2020. And it's, you know, now you, you barely even, you know, that barely even scratches the surface. But distillate stocks have built globally, uh, refined, and that's a function of, uh, of the poor demand for uh, jet fuel. And uh, there, on jet fuel, we came really close and running into containment problems in, in April, you know, at, at the airports where, when people just stopped flying. Mm. And uh, refiners had to, you know, go to plan B, which was uh, try to blend their jet into, you know, into diesel, into distillates, uh, and produce more distillate and less jet. And um, demand for, for diesel has been pretty poor. It was good in March, terrible in April. We're improving in May. It's getting a, li a little bit better. But we're built, we've built like uh, right now total U.S. distillate stocks are 176 million barrels, which is uh, you have to go back into like the, you know, the 1980s and the late 70s to get numbers that, that big. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, you know, day supply, which is stocks over um, demand, is 54 days. The, the four-year average is 33 days. So we are, like, way oversupplied with, uh, with distillate. Now, you know, that, that's regional because I just uh, – Chicago uh, ULSD, I think it went backwardated today. So <laughs> it's like diesel everywhere. You know, water, water, every, everywhere, yeah. but nothing to drink. You know, the yeah. Midwest is a little bit tight on, on diesel, but Europe is, is long diesel. 
Uh, Asia is a little bit long diesel. So that's, so that's a big problem. You know, that, that, that's a big problem because we can't keep making, you know, diesel yields are beginning to come down, but, you know, refiners have to be real, real careful on, uh, you know, on diesel. So, you know, that, that's, that uh, has led to, you know, that, that, that's been a big drag on margins. Um, gasoline is, um, inventories right now are 259 million. And that's, um, the four-year average is 236. Day supply are 35. Uh, the four-year average is, is 25. So that's 10 days supply too high. But gasoline demands are getting to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not going to be where it was in 2019 for, for a long time, I think, Jim. Yeah. Um, I, s- I see the uh, EIA uh, says we're, we're going to grow demand in 2021, but it's still going to be, I think, a million barrels under 2019. That's, that would be world, you know, total, total uh, demand. So, yeah, we're, we're going to come back, but not to what, where we were. Right. Yeah. Right. Hey, we may never come back to uh, where we were in the U.S. on uh, at at twenty. I don't want to say never, but it may you know that may be a high watermark for uh, you know for a while. Um, certainly, I think you look at the unemployment numbers. Even though they were better in in May, there's still there's still you know tens of millions of people that are unemployed and won't be dry. You know, unfortunately, won't be driving to their jobs. And, yeah whether Americans take, uh, at least in the U.S., whether they take big road trips this, this year, you know, that, that's another question. You know, when, what's, the, what's the road trip, what's the summer going to look like? Yeah, I, I hear that anecdotally that people will not be flying. They'll be driving to places. And now that many have been able to work away from their office, they might set up a on office in a Airbnb someplace. So I, I would expect that kind of demand, but then, you know, like you always say, there's, there's not enough people working that still drive. We live in New York area and there's a lot of mass transit to, to uh, commuters. And so, but, but the rest of the country, a lot, most people drive to work. And, and again, what are those drives? You know, what, what are those Airbnb drives going to look like? You know, right. it- yes. You know, is it going to be just, you know, within five hours or something like that? You know, you're going to see those big, you know, national park road trips. Maybe. 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 But I think the big problem is on on the uh, employment side. You know, that that, you know, that's going to be an issue on uh, on gasoline demand. Yeah, um, I'll just take a little move into my world, Andy. Um, We've we've seen. the option market, I always look for stuff to, you know, kind of look at what people are trying to do in the marketplace to confirm what we're, what we're reading and, and, and what we're talking about. In, um, in March, we had, if you, if you look at the, the regular WTI, they call them LO options, uh, 200, almost 205,000 traded per day. In April, 156,000 tra- traded per day. And obviously, March was a is a big OPEC meeting that fell apart. April was the uh, minus minus prices and the, and the famous uh, we had a couple of minus strikes trade, not very many, maybe a handful. Um, we had a zero strike put trade, and I like to say that somebody bought that put 
for the right to sell something for nothing. And then in May, we, we dropped down to 87, almost 88,000 contracts. So it's so really a, a measly trading month of, of May. And the uh, CSO markets, the, the spread options followed that as well. They're, they're kind of not, it, maybe the last couple of days they picked up because of the OPEC meeting. Um, but yeah, there's, there's, there's no really, I thought for a while, maybe the direction was people buying puts, but it doesn't look like that's, uh, it doesn't look like there's a trend in, in what, what uh, the people are trying to do. And then volatility, of course, was, you know, over 200%. It's a, using a Black Shoals uh, model, which which blew up uh, once again, and um, now it's down into the 50s. So so uh, it's still, you know, on the high side relative to a long term average, but much 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 lower than what it was during the uh, the craziness back in uh, March and April. What do you think is uh, given what's happened in the market, and given what you have been your numbers and what you're reading other numbers. What do you say? How much of this is in the market now? Is the market overbought now? Has it got more to run? What's your, what's your, I think it could be a little overbought, but I don't, I don't, you know, it doesn't look like if we're looking, if we're thinking about stock draws, granted, you know, the it's, it's stock draws from, a huge over oversupply. I mean, the, the oversupply is probably, you know, it could be as much as a billion barrels uh, relative to where we normally are the, this time of year. But if we're if we're talking about stock draws into July and, and August and maybe into September, the the EIAs, as, as you said, they're talking about it through 2021. But you know, it seems like it seems like 2021 is you know that's a whole nother chapter. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. Let's just try to get through 2020. You know, 2021 is more about what Fauci's saying than what the EIA is. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's that's a long way away. 2021. But let's, in any event, let's get through tomorrow. Today. I, I think. I I think the you know if we are if we are if the balances do look like there's stock draws you know I, I don't really see the market really. Um, giving way, you know, like it did early, earlier in the year. So, you know, I, I think it's going to be steady, possibly, possibly higher. You know, the problem is you're, you're fighting the, this, all this inventory is going to come, is, is going to come out. Um, and the floating storage is going to, is going to come out, you know, Brent, we're seeing that begin to weaken again. Yeah, the structure, anyways, what I'm talking on uh, mm-hmm. on Brent. So, you know, may, maybe the market has some legs over 40, but could it get to 50? Uh, that's going to be a really hard. You know, I think that's going to be a really hard task, Jim. Yeah. WTI, you know, up, up to 50. Can it get 42 to 45 if everything breaks right? Uh, and demand continues to, to improve and, uh, you know, the, these production declines are um, in, in the U.S., you know, continue. And yeah, I think that that's not completely out of the, out of the, out of the realm. So you're not, you're not using a minus 40 plus 40 range. Well, I would like to use minus 40 <laughs> plus 40, but I, yeah. don't think that's, I don't think that's realistic. And we haven't, you know, we haven't really spoken about U.S. production or the, or the you know, right. these, these crazy weekly reports. Well, let's, let's talk about the weekly that just came out this morning. 
because I thought what was interesting was the demand side total or, or product supplied uh, right. was up two and a half million. And there's, there's problem. I mean, there's problem with estimates, but there's problems with these numbers as well. Yeah. You know, so, a lot, uh, the one thing about these weeklies and, and, you know, we usually have said over the, during the course of these podcasts, you know, you really have to look at four week averages and you have to understand that a lot of these, you know, they're models. And right. the one number that really people focus on week in and week out, that's a model is the, is crude production. Right. And, uh, you know, crude production has come off 13 from 13.1 on a weekly basis to 11.1. So it's 2 billion barrels a day, we think. You know, we don't find out really until the EIA has done a look back when the petroleum supply monthly comes out two months later. So we won't know for sure. And that's, you know, that's clearly a big problem. The other big problem is that they've got this number, you know, the adjustment factor or the, you know, the fudge factor. It's running like a million barrels a day for a four week average. That's, they actually call it the adjustment factor. The adjustment factor, right, down and, and a million barrels a day on a four, that's 28 million barrels. What, what is that? You know, is that, that, what, I know what it is. It's, you know, it's where when things don't balance, they do, they call an adjustment. And, you know, if it's off production, that's really bullish. That means that production is a lot lower than what they're reporting. Uh, if it's off exports, probably less so, or imports less so, but that's a, you know, that's a big number. So that number, you're saying the four-week average is a million. What typically, we've seen it a million in the past, but not, not sustained. Is that, is yeah, that not sustained. I mean, you know, we've seen it like 700,000 barrels a day. Yeah. I mean, even on the, um, you know, when you go back for the petroleum supply monthly, there is an adjustment, there is an adjustment number. So, um, typically they'll, you know, it's, the adjusted factor is adjusted lower, you right. know, from it's not that as outrageous as what it, as what it appears. Right. What, what, um, what numbers are, you know, I don't want to say, can you count on, but what you, well, you the say stock numbers you can, you know, those you can count on the imports are, um, they, they've done a little bit better job on, uh, on import numbers you know, apparent disappearance is just, that's a formula. So, you don't. that's not real. And what am I missing? I mean, the, you, you know, the stock number, as I said, the stock numbers are probably pretty good. Yeah, there was, uh, there was actually a draw in Cushing this week to 2.3 million barrels to 49.4, which is uh, below last year's number. And um, yeah, I mean, Cushing actually, the, the, Four week at the it's forty nine four and it's the four year average is fifty five so we're we're below you know for, for all the hand wringing including mine about you know Cushing reaching tank tops you know we're we're below normal on Cushing it's unbelievable because yeah. we you know runs are way down from year to year and and it's it's supply right I mean it's just the production I mean yeah it's production it's the other thing that you know, is, is pretty important is, is that the, it, it does, the crude stocks don't include the SPR rental barrels. Right. And so you, you got to add like six, um, 15 million, I think 
think it was 20 or 22 was the, the total. So actually, crude stocks are, are, you look at 538, but because right now there's 15 million being stored in SPR, in which the you know the people the companies storing it are paying the government just the rental fee. Right. And those barrels will almost certainly come out. Um, the earliest they can come out, I believe, is September. So, um, but mm. you know, there's another, and that'll so there's another 20 million barrels actually in the domestic supply, which makes it look even more dire, actually. Right. Yeah, I saw that there was a like a little more than 2 million barrels put into the SPR. And that's, those are probably rental, rental barrels, not. No, they're all rental barrels. Yeah. 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 I mean, not all. I mean, the, yeah. the 15 million of the change. Rental. Yes. So it's all gonna, you know, it's, it's all going to come out. Andy, the um, U S oil production, I guess the EIA talks about a six month lag from uh, the change in price to actual movement in production, a little quicker this time, but um, what they're looking for a decline to 10.6 million by uh, March of 2021. Right. Yeah. We're at 11.1 according to the weekly, which as we said is a modeled number. But Um, we're already starting to hear sprinkling of stories that uh, they're they're starting to frack again in the, in the, I mean, looking at increasing in the Permian, is it? Sure. You know, that, that, that definitely makes sense whether or not, you know, those, those increases are going to be enough to uh, counterbalance the uh, depletion. You know, that, that's another matter. It may arrest, you know, certainly the rate of decline is going to be a lot lower than it's been. You know, if, if we're looking at 2 million barrels a day uh, since March, you know, the rate of decline for the rest of the year should be, we think, you know, less, and what the EIA is saying, less than, you know, what, what we've seen so far. But the rig count, you know, is down to 206 from, uh, I, I think that's down 600 in the last year, maybe more than, you know, maybe more than that. And certainly we know that you've got to, um, you know, you've got to drill and produce new wells. Uh, you know, have have new wells produce in order to make up for how quickly some of the uh, legacy wells decline. So mm-hmm. depletion's a depletion's a big uh, a big issue. But we do have a pretty big inventory of uh, ducks drilled, but on, on completed wells that that will probably come on first. You know, and then I, I think drilling will pick up. You know, as we as as prices pick up naturally. Right. So, what's the real number going to be, Jim? <laughs> That's a, that's a, that's a big question. I think there are some analysts, you know, who are looking for production to go down to ten, uh, either at some ten point zero by the mm. uh, by the first quarter. And they could be right. They could be right, or as we've learned in the past, you know, U.S. One thing we know from you know U.S. frackers is that they're um, they're pretty good at, at, at what they do. Yes. Way too good at what they do. And, and, you know, there's certainly uh, what I would think is we're going to see consolidation in the industry. And, um, you know, there's definitely going to be more efficient operators uh, with higher, with, um, 
a uh, bigger balance sheet taking over some of, some of this acreage, and they'll be able to continue to drive the costs down. So, you know, it might go down to 10, and uh, maybe, uh, you know, I, I think that's a little low, but, but we could see, you know, we, we could see a pretty strong recovery as well. So, Andy, before we uh, wrap this up, are there any, there's so many eye-popping, jaw-dropping numbers that are coming out, whether you're following energy or the, the macro economy, but is there anything that stands out to you and you just say, this, holy, this is unbelievable, or is it just one after another? I think it's like a greatest hits, Jim. It's, <laughs> one, it's just one, you know, it's just like one, yeah, it's one after the other. You know, I look at any, you know, almost any of these numbers and it's like, oh my God, you know, like distillate stocks at 176 million. Are you kidding me? You know, or, or the price, right? The two of us in, in April were just, we, we couldn't believe it. Yeah. That it went, you know, that it went negative. You know, I didn't think it was going to go below 975 and it went to minus 40. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's right. That was probably one of the biggest. And, and I, I keep mentioning for me, it was, uh, you know, the zero struck price people pay. I think it traded out to $4. So I said, wow. <laughs> it's it, we, we, the Black Trolls model has always had problems with it. You know, that's if you think about an option uh, market having a skew where some options that are trading off the same futures price have different implied volatilities. You know, that's telling you that the model is, you know, it's not reflecting it, 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 what's going on in real life. Or you, so it should, shouldn't, that shouldn't happen. So, um, so it's, and then when you think about, you know, the, the extreme, like at expiration, a lot of these uh, measures blow up like the gamma stuff like that. But this was a case where the underlying assumption of negative, not no negative prices kind of blew up and um, all the, all the pl- puts just exploded in uh, all, you know, in value out of the money puts. So that was, that was kind of uh, interesting. We, we, we did, like I said, we did see some minus strikes trade, but there's only a handful and not for much volume. So that was kind of a, uh, you know, like I guess another lottery ticket type thing, but it was that zero when I saw that zero strike, zero struck put trade. I was like, wow, we've never seen it before, and and we're you know we're old guys. We've been watching this market for a long time since the since the 80s. Yeah, and um, it takes a lot for old guys to say thing thing. You know, this is the most amazing thing we've seen. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, when we're talking about when the IEA is talking about demand being down 30 percent in April. That's 30 million barrels a day. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Just, just, just mind blowing. And of course, at the same time, the Saudis and Russians were, had increased production. Uh, you know, just the, yeah, April was, was definitely one for the books. Yeah. One of those months with R in it to stay away from. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's wrap it up. Andy, anything else you want to uh, add? We can uh, finish it right here. Well, if, if uh, again, if, if uh, you want to get a hold of, of us, um, try me at alebeau at commodityresearch.com. That's alebeau at commodityresearch.com. Check our website out. Jim posts a lot of great stuff just about every, every day, and it's always interesting and, and uh, provocative stuff on, on there. You know, I, I definitely urge you to, to go to our website. 
Yes, we'll be posting this podcast on the website, and then we also uh, we put some stuff on LinkedIn as well. So, Andy, you'll you'll be putting your this podcast up on your LinkedIn site as also. definitely. And um, we'll we'll see you all next week. This is uh, commodity next research. month. Sorry, next month. Maybe next week. Maybe we'll do another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is uh, commodityresearchgroup.com.